Welcome to the Blah Blah Show. Folks, last year the Pentagon could only account for where 39% of their $3.4 trillion went. An audit that cost $187 million on the American taxpayer's dime. The mainstream media, an arm of the federal bureaucracy, isn't investigating or exposing this massive heist that took place in broad daylight. But our next guest is the program director of one of the few media outlets that will, Infowars.com. Rob Dew is an Infowarrior, a multi-platform journalist, a musician, and an intrepid explorer of the future of the United States. We are now joined by Rob Dew and Frank Cavanaugh. How are you guys doing? What's up? What's up, John? Good. What's up, Rob? How you doing, man? Hey. I'm doing good. Rested. Nice weekend. Sweet. Cool. Cool. Awesome, brother. Well, you know, we just saw that thing that, that John put together on you. I, I really wanted to, I'm interested, I'm sure a lot of people are interested in how you got your start working at InfoWars. Like, what's the whole story behind that? Um, I'd love to hear it, man. Yeah. Um, it's, it's actually pretty, um, pretty basic, but you know, I'd been awake. Some people come to InfoWars and they don't, you know, they're kind of new to everything and they're absorbing all this information and it gets overwhelming. Uh, I was already awake. I was already listening to Alex Jones, um, for many years since like the late nineties. And, um, at one point I, you know, I used to listen to the show and, and he mentioned that they were going to be hiring some people and he'd always thrown out Aaron Dykes's, uh, email on the air, sent Aaron and force. So I just threw, sent in my resume and said, Hey, I hear you guys might be hiring, check out my resume. And he goes, yeah, we're, we're not there yet, but, uh, this looks pretty good. So a few weeks later, um, I saw a Craigslist ad and I read it and I'm like, this has got to be InfoWars. Um, so it was like fast paced, libertarian minded. Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, it's got to be them, you know, looking for producers. So literally answered a Craigslist ad and um, I was in uh, January of 2009 and I went and did, uh, went and did my interview at the same location it's at today. And, um, it was smaller though. We we're only on one part of it, of the building. And, uh, Alex was interviewing a guy. His name would have been Barry Cooper. He was a, um, a former sheriff's deputy. And he came out with a series called never get busted and, and never get raided. So he's trying to tell people how, uh, not to get thrown in jail for drugs. Uh, but anyway, he's, so I was there during the show and, um, Alex is in the little studio that he was in for many years and or I was right next door in an office and, um, I'm talking to this guy named Mike and I'm just explaining, you know, the things I've done making videos. I start pulling DVDs out of this bag. Like I did this video, I did this DVD, just showing them all that, you know, I know how to produce stuff. And I'm pulling these DVDs out and, and Alex walks in during the break and he's eating a piece of barbecue. He's like, oh, Hey, how's it going? Don't forget to get some barbecue. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, he's asking me <laughs> about a couple of the videos and, uh, he's looking at one from South Padre Island and he goes, what's this one about? And I said, <clears throat> this, the band that kind of, kind of the house band of the Island wanted a, a music video. Um, and in order to pay for it, we got all the businesses to chip in money and we shot it at different locations, but then it ended up being a, a DVD for the whole Island, like a tourism DVD. And they, right. uh, right. they printed out, I think like 500,000 that they sent out with their, uh, tourism kits. And so it had the music video, which was a song about the Island. Then it had a, a bunch of one minute and, uh, 30 second commercials for all the businesses that participated. And they were all happy with it. And Alex was up because, you know, it's the kind of thinking we need around here. And he walked out. And, uh, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and, and, and the guy, Mike, looked over at me. He goes, I guess you got the job. <laughs> Literally just like that. And so uh, I, started, I started working. I was kind of, I was a little, when I first started, I was very confused about what my 
job was because Alex had two guys that did his show, like cutting it. They were like live radio producers. So they were doing all that. Uh, we had the tech guy who's been there for years, kind of running the back end systems. And he had a, a producer. He hired three people at the same time. He hired me, this guy named Jason, and this other guy named Joey. And um, Joey didn't last long. He, uh, I think we got hired in February and he had a calendar up on his wall. And I think when we flipped over to March, he had a big circle for his birthday. And he said, yeah, I don't work on my birthday. I said, oh, I said, we just started. I wouldn't be taking any time off. And, uh, and he did. And he just wasn't, he, he was more of a sports guy, not really into what we were doing. Uh, the other guy, Jason, was pretty hardcore dude. He lives in L.A. now. Um, I think he's a professional homeless person. Um, yeah. And I don't say that to knock him. He's just like he's kind of one of those people that's kind of given up on the system. Oh. And <clears throat> and he got he had a, he was married. And he had a couple kids. He ended up getting divorced at one point. And uh, and then he just moved out to L.A. That's where he was originally from. But uh, we we uh, I went on a lot of adventures with him. When I say adventures, we're going to shoot long form interviews of people. Um, we went to uh, two thousand and nine in September, which was the G twenty in Pittsburgh, and we went there, and we had some really weird issues. Um, we were in the hotel where the G20 was taking place. So they kick us out of the hotel, which that was Alex's thing. You know, you go to the hotel where they're having it. You get kicked out. You make a big deal about it. They're kicking the press out, you know. Yeah. Charged and it. then, yeah. 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 And then, you know, most of the time was just documenting the police state that was going on. They had, they brought out cops from all over the country to work it. Uh, they had sound cannons on top of big armored trucks. Uh, that they're, you know, sh launching at people because there's a lot of protests going on. But there wasn't. So there was a black block version of like Antifa, but they weren't they weren't there fighting with the protesters. They were there fighting against the cops. So there was no um, there. Like now it's like there's two sets of protesters fighting each other. You know, when you have this this political violence that happens. And before it was everybody kind of against the police state. So that that kind of I saw that shift happening at that, that point. That's something I wanted to ask you, because the first time I was at the Occupy Wall Street protests in Dallas at the Fed, I think it was 2009, 2010, around there. And that's the first time I actually saw you in person. I And I, I remember I had my kids with me and my ex-wife, and she's a super liberal. And we were all protesting against the Fed all together. Yeah, that was the end. We did an in-the-Fed tour. We did Dallas, Houston, and San Antonio. Nice, um, yeah. And that was, Dallas was the first leg of that tour. Actually, that night, for some reason... I don't. I got a sore throat, and I'm back in the back of the. We were driving the, the big bus around, and it was me, Alex, and uh, Richard Reeves, who was kind of the. He was the driver at the time, and uh, um, Reeves is a political, really good on Texas politics. Really knows his stuff. But anyway, he's driving and talking. And I'm like, oh, I don't feel too good, and uh, we stop at a gas station. Alex goes, go get a bunch of salt. And we literally did warm salt water. He was gargling it too because he's like, I'm not feeling good either. We're just gargling salt water, trying to like feel better because we had to go <laughs> from Dallas. Then we went to, the next day we were literally in Houston. We go to the protest and then he's like, Joe Rogan's in town with UFC, wants to invite us over there. And we go, uh, we meet up with him and uh, Joey Diaz was there, Bunch of much of that crowd. And uh, we watched the UFC fights. They're pretty, pretty interesting. And then we go the next day, drive to San Antonio, and it's pouring rain. But there's still there's a good maybe 50 people there standing, you know, protesting the Fed because they knew Alex was going to be there. And this was, you know, this was 2010, I guess. That seems about right, 2010. 
Was that, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure on when that, yeah, I think it was 2010. Yeah. So they, they, uh, but that, that was just one of the many types of kind of mini adventures, you know, flying around for the first few years. Um, I flew around, interviewed people, uh, and then brought that, these long form interviews back for, uh, uh, I guess, dissection and they'd go into, uh, they went to Fall of the Republic, went to Invisible Empire. Um, we shot a few more that ended up just, we just made like many documentaries off of them. Like, uh, I guess Russell Means and Charlotte Iserby were two that were really, we did some really good interviews and we decided like we have to start putting out these full interviews because we're putting out like maybe three minutes of a, a three-hour interview. Uh-huh. And um, yeah. so that's when we started doing, you know, long-form kind of mini documentaries and uh but then at some point um we kind of shifted from um going doing long form and showing people long form stuff to like having to stream and that was uh the ferguson riots were like and by that time bound had already been brought on we were doing the the nightly news we will return right after this with rob dew right here on the blah blah show Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. show up we start shooting and i'm i'm going through some of these older i was looking for uh the the scanning remember scanning yeah 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 yeah, that little that which people have taken that scanning thing and made it into a a meme but i'm like i want to find the original footage he was on fire that day he was absolutely on fire whoa i got one that can see yeah And that was, I guess you guys went to a, uh, some climate change thing and started talking to the guy. And at one point he's like, um, uh, I'm not real comfortable with answering these questions right yeah. now. In fact, yeah. I'm done. I'm done with this. I don't like video anyway. <laughs> and, <he just> <laughs> and, uh, and, and Joe saw that and it freaked out. But that day actually, um, we're putting the show together and I guess we ran out of time cause we were going to launch this thing at seven and he goes, well, I'll go live, and you guys can finish editing it. So the way it worked was the workflow. We would cut segments and, and capture them right to a Mac. And then we were editing those segments and putting the the articles and other things in and, and filling it all out, which the stuff that didn't get done in TriCaster. Say you'd show right. maybe a couple articles in TriCaster, but then you, oh, we got to add this one piece of video, so right. throw that in. Boom, boom. And so Alex would go live impromptu for, you know, th- whatever we needed. It was never like, you know, it, he, he never, it was never a big deal to him. And I, for, I remember that day when, when he came up with that, because we were kind of, 
we were going late for many reasons. One, we would start late. Two, Alex would go longer than an hour. You know, you never get an hour with Alex. You always got longer. So we would, uh, we're trying to cut this stuff up and, you know, we're running up into the time and he's like, I'll just go live and I'll do a extended. We'll do extended. So we, there's like some prison planet TV files that have this extended broadcast with the same date as the show date. And so he'd do 30 or 40 minutes and then we'd go play the, the edited piece literally off the timeline. We'd render it, hit play, and that would go back into the TriCaster and, uh, and the tech guy who probably doesn't ever want anyone to know his name, but he's still around. He would like switch it live and we would boom, we'd be in, in the pipeline and we're like, do we even know this is going out at one point? So we're like trying to find out where the, we're like, where, where, where are people watching this as we're logging into prison planet, but we don't have a login. We're like, Oh my God, we don't have a login. And then Aaron's like, it's just Alex, Alex. And we put Alex, Alex in there and, uh, and boom. And then we were watching it. We're like, Oh, it's working. It was like this kind of weird thing of streaming this stuff live. Cause we were kind of in the infancy of it. He was doing it on his show. But it was, you know, it was these were small videos compared to what what's out there now. These were, you know, seven twenty by four eighty pixels. And the TriCaster uh, wasn't helping anything. TriCaster no, had a mind not. had a yeah. mind of its own. So there was always this. It was it was almost a part of the show. It was like, well, the TriCaster. It's like to die. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It made an, it's it's like, another hey, decision. Hey, hey, like, not working. Like, <laughs> Infowars was like the it was like the video fanzine fanzine of like back when we were like. In high school, the uh, the punk rock kids, the skater kids, put fanzines together. You know, everyone did it themselves. Infowars at that time was like totally like that, man. Like you could tell it was thrown together, but man, we waited for those shows. Like the weekends, it was a dearth. Like you had to wait Saturday and Sunday for Monday, like for Infowars again. And that's well, what was beautiful about it was the, that rawness. Yeah, and, and and the philosophy was, I kind of liken it to, we're making pizzas every day. We're not like making gourmet meals that take hours to get ready and they look amazing. Like you're getting a pizza, it's good, you eat it, and you want another pizza. You know, and so every day we're making these info pizzas that people are consuming, and it's great that we have all you know these archives out there. There's archives that other people have made and, and, and stuff like that. And yeah, thank God. Uh, yeah, you can still I mean, find the, some the, of the things. amount of stuff that got erased off of YouTube yeah. is just unbelievable. Like, uh, you know, I mean, and, and when it's all said and done, you know, I, I'm not tooting any horn. I'm just, yeah, we, I, I think we did make at least media history with what we did. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and, it, and it, all of those shows, because our, at the end of all this, now they're seeing that our intent was good. We're just a bunch of Americans right. trying to save our damn country. And, yeah. you know, do and myself and, and, of course, Alex leading the way with, with opening our minds to the, to, the, to the, and I was explaining to Frank earlier that when I first got into Alex, I went through a period where I went through stages of grief when you start to take in the fact that the federal reserve is what it is and, and the occultism and, you know, and, and the mm -hmm. military industrial complex and everything and all it is. And then you start to realize that your country is dead and you have to do something about it. And that's what we were doing. That's all we were doing. We, yeah. It wasn't ever about white supremacy or, you know, anything that, that they've lobbed at us, it was always about keeping America alive. And, and, and all of that, everything on YouTube that was wiped away, I'm sorry, but it, it all deserves to be in the Library of Congress. You know. It, it definitely changed. It yeah, raw as it went, you know. And, but that's also part of the beauty of it, too. It's not, it's authentic. It feels authentic. It doesn't feel... Like you're watching a, um, you know, a, a giant Marvel movie or something where every pixel has been accounted for. It's like, you know, stuff happens, and when it's live, it's even, it's even better. Like, for instance, when uh, Alex would send out reporters and they're trying to interview somebody, and Alex is in their ear asking them questions. And I've been on the, oh, I've been on the I've reporter. Been yeah, you've that. been through yeah. that. I've been through that. Yeah. And you're like trying to hear what these oh, people man. are saying. 
he doesn't even care what they're saying. No. Ask him, ask him, ask him this, ask him this, ask him about the Federal Reserve, ask him about, you know, and you're, and you're trying to like, okay, he wants 10 questions. It's hard to do. It's really hard to do. But it, <laughs> it, if, if there were those moments when it worked, but yeah. it, it's very difficult to do, uh, you know, because you're dealing with, um, <laughs> you're, you're somewhere else. And you've got all this noise happening and you're in the middle of talking to somebody, but Alex, yeah. and, and then you're taking in what it is Alex wants to know and right. what he wants to know is so massive compared to what you're thinking on the other side of your head, you know? And, uh, I remember I had that, I had, I had, a uh, just the worst experience at the JFK anniversary. <laughs> that was yep. just, that was a mess. But, I you, know, you know, I don't. I wouldn't say it was the worst experience. You it, weren't in the fray down there. We were getting beat yeah, up by the cops. Yeah, well, yeah, I, I went up in the hotel, and I <laughs> yeah, got that one the, shot. I got the shot, shot of everybody got getting shot. beat up. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, no. Uh, when you told when you told Alice he had that shot, like that put together the whole thing. Like, oh, this proves that this was a staged event. These guys marched in. You can see where they march in around us. We're being held at the spot. They come in and then just start gooning us out of there. Yeah, and uh, and that, that, but that, like where we were at, we weren't getting that video footage. We were, you know, we were all packed in in that thing, and he's just broadcasting, and he's got a, a portable Comrex he's walking around with, and it's raining. Yeah, and I, I had, a, I literally had a guy walking around holding an umbrella over my camera so I could shoot video and not you know fry the camera i just remember it wasn't just being in the thing. heat of battle and you telling me to get back to my you're like you were my commander and you, you know and you're my sergeant you're like i was like now what do i do now like we're all just trying to communicate to each other it's pouring down rain there's police attacking yeah. everybody and uh and dude's like get to your post you know and get to that post in the hotel that we set up because we got a room and we set yeah. up cameras and I and I'm running through the pouring rain. I get back to the hotel and I get up all the way to the top of the hotel, the to the room on the top, and I get that shot. And right when I get up there, all, everybody meets, you know, yeah. in, in the rain. It was just oh man, it get, it's giving me goosebumps, dude. <laughs> Crazy time. And there's there's video afterwards. I went and yelled at some Dallas police sergeant because, you know, because we had just gotten. Like we were getting beat with sticks, but they were like, they came in and were goon pushing us. It was like, get out of here, you know, and we're all like, you know, we have equipment and I have video of the guy who's holding my umbrella and he's getting crushed up against somebody else. And the umbrella is like up in his face and, you know, it's just crazy, crazy stuff. And that was just all we were doing was going to the, it was the 50th anniversary at the time of, of, uh, of JFK assassination and we were just going there to, you know, have free speech, talk, tell people what we think happened. And we set up a little pirate radio station. So we were broadcasting in Dallas that day. And we had these uh, pretty cool signs made. I have, I don't know where mine is. I used to have one hanging up on a wall. I might go grab it over here. I think it's over here. 104.1. And and uh, and then you turned it around here, so let's see. Let's get that in the camera shot right there. So it says the establishment killed me fifty years ago. Now they're trying to kill the First Amendment. Yeah. So these are pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool awesome. little sons. The people are fighting back. Now they're trying to kill free speech. So we, we this was in 2013, and. Um, yeah, we had a uh, at the time we were doing that magazine, so we had a lot of graphic designers. So, oh yeah, like yeah. The graphics that, that, that came awesome. out, yeah, yeah. The graphics oh. that came out of that were just stupendous. These guys, yeah. you know, talented kids. They weren't necessarily on message about everything. You know, like some people, you have to kind of explain. They have to kind of live it. Oh, oh it's okay. Man down, man down. <laughs> <laughs> is the blah blah show we will return with rob do right after this just north of austin and west of waco texas my friends and soon to be your friends clinton and christina rary 
offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. Good evening, my fellow Americans. My name is Harry Balls, and I want to be your next president. As the candidate to become President Balls, I want to bring you the truth of my platform and projection for the next four years. As president, I will partner with the military-industrial complex, our compromised intelligence agencies, and the foreign influences dominating our economy to subjugate American citizens. I will embolden a surveillance state that will broadcast the private lives of American citizens as they attempt to belittle the power of the federal government. As president, I will divide the nation into tribal warfare based on race and foment civil war. I will also bring back unrelenting inflation and lockdowns as we vaccinate the public through strict mandatory programs that will implant a microchip into every citizen. To please my partners in the World Economic Forum and various globalist think tanks, I will further attack the nuclear family and prepare to send your children into the nightmare of a national draft as I escalate World War III. I will continue to keep the borders open and spend your tax dollars to ship, fly, and support the United Nations invasion of the United States with military-aged males from all over the world including 24 terrorist countries. As president, I will further water down the Bill of Rights and Constitution until the planks of communism are resurrected as a new system of total law. As you can imagine, I am extremely compromised. In my private life, I have committed unspeakable atrocities against humanity, and much of that has been recorded, so please vote for me. Or don't. It doesn't matter. President Balls will be your president whether you like it or not. I'm Harry Balls, and I approve this message. I want to know, like, at that point, it was, like, still a small studio, right? You were just, like, when did you see, like, a change where InfoWars became this, like, what it is it's a it's a it's, it's kind of weird because i now. hate uh, i don't want to answer for duke uh, duke's gonna have his own answer but it's strange because people don't realize that since we were on social media and our distribution was i mean we were doing millions and millions a month at that point we were reaching so many people globally until they pulled us down off of everything the incarnation mm -hmm. of Infowars now is it's it's another incarnation of it because it's a whole different animal. Is that right, dude? Does that make sense? Yeah. So when when it first started off, it was a radio show. Then it became radio. Well, it's always been a radio show slash making documentaries. Uh, you know his way of making documentaries, and um, then it became making higher end documentaries because you're not using you know reel to reel. Um, editing systems, you know, you're on a on a nonlinear editing bay, and you can do better stuff. And then it went to being like showing live stuff, like going to the Ferguson riots, showing showing live stuff, and and then during that time, also making a news show. Then it became just go out and shoot really short videos and put them on Twitter. That was kind of during the Trump era of, of doing that, and now it's. You know, it's it's a weird game of just trying to create stuff that hopefully other people will help spread the word. You know, because they'll be they'll be part of the. You know, they want to be part of what's going on, so they spread they'll spread the word on these things and get you know make and 
it give it traction. Uh, I still equate Infowars to the it's the the Drudge Report back in the day before Matt Drudge sold it. That was where everyone I everyone went to the Drudge Report every morning. Yeah, yeah. It's multiple times during the during the day. That's oh, yeah. how Infowars is now for videos. Like it still is that. I think I think that Infowars has retained the the Drudge reputation. You know, Drudge lost it. Infowars has kept it, and the people. It's basically like Infowars got banned, so all these other outlets, Gateway Pundit, National File, Post Millennial, you know, um, mm-hmm. they all popped up. And basically they all go to their video drudge and it's video. Like it's it's even though Infowars' reach is totally gone, it's almost like it legitimized it even more. You know, so well, that now, I would say our, our reach is gone. It's it's in different ways now. Yeah, um, when I minute. search I'm, for things, yeah. I'll, I'll go I'll go to I'll, I'll type in even Bandai Video. Type in Bandai Video in Google, and one of the first links that's not Bandai Video because you have to go down to like twenty before you hit Bandai Video because they wanted to suppress that. But one of them is some video sharing service that just takes all of our videos and shows them on there. We didn't ask them to do that. They're just doing it. So, uh, and who knows how many hundreds and thousands of people that that yeah. one. Yeah, that's exactly there. what I mean. You know, exactly. it's all done underground. But I do it. Well, there's a when Facebook first came out with their live streaming option on Facebook. I think it was called Facebook Live. Um, Alex was one of the guys who we had some guy who was big in Facebook, and they were an Alex Jones fan. They're like, "Hey, we want to give, we want to show you how big this can be. We're gonna untether you and just put you on." So all the people that were following Alex on Facebook, when he went live, it immediately showed, oh, Alex Jones is live on Facebook. And I remember watching the counter because I'm shooting the video and it starts off and it's like 10,000 are watching, 40,000 are watching, 120,000 are watching, you know, 360,000 are watching, 800,000 are watching, 1.3 million are watching. I'm like, within five minutes, 1.3 million people were watching Alex walk down the street doing a Facebook Live. Wow. Which is like that, that was crazy that was uh right before trump got elected so that's when we still that's that was probably our our peak reach in terms of you know getting to people and and uh and them seeing our work and well i I remember doing uh, doing a report and uh when trump won i went down to ut and and recorded everyone just losing their minds and that and that went and that's like right towards the end of youtube and that went on youtube and that got over a million views and then I was mm-hmm. like, "Wow, I'm a, I'm I'm on my way now, you know. All I got to do is start doing one of these every do once in a while." Do more of these. And then they took yeah. us completely took us down and then it was like and then we started Bandot Video and it was like we it was almost like we were starting from scratch because at the beginning of Bandot Video it was like I'd put a, a report up and it'd be like 200 views, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Cuz yeah. everyone thought we were gone. Yeah, you know. No, it took a whole bunch of retraining to get people uh, to do it. To, I guess, to find well, find out where everything is. And and what's sad is, you know, those are in the know that are in the know, but it's, you know, new people, and we're not allowed on these newer platforms that come out. You know, like Alex, I see TikTok videos of Alex Jones stuff all the time, but I see him not on TikTok. I see him on other people's platforms because other people that's what's really nice that people are grabbing stuff and cross-platforming it uh so you can see um you can really see the reach and the it's it's the moments you know alex is a three-hour show but there's moments in there where he's codifying a thought and those are the little those are like the info nuggets and uh that's what's powerful because that's what it's now it's not long form interviews with you know scholars and uh, climatologists and you know historians now it's you know try to change people's mind in less than 20 seconds on, on an issue you know so it's it's all it, it, the, it keeps changing and so you just have to change with it and you have to alex is good at recognizing what's over the horizon and seeing that and uh i mean you know now he's dealing with with ridiculous uh legal fees and that takes up a lot of his mind. Like if you, the way he used to do a show, he'd do a show, 
then he would get up and I, I call it management by walking around. He'd walk around and talk to everybody in the office. He'd go into the warehouse, see how sales are doing. He would go uh, see the office manager, da, 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 da. And then he would go into an editing room and edit a documentary for about three or four hours. And then he'd get off about six o'clock and he would go, hey, I, I want to shoot a video so we can air it tomorrow. So we'd shoot some long report. And but this is back in the day we were shooting on tape, so we had to capture the tape, and then everything had to be uh, rendered. So it's a, it was a slow process compared to what it is now. And so I would, two or three nights a week, I was working overnight, just editing a video so we could play it the next day. Yeah, and because uh, you couldn't, you couldn't get it ready in time, and he wanted to play it on the show, and you're not shooting till six o'clock, so there's really no no choice but but to pull the all nighter. But I was getting paid hourly at the time, so that didn't matter. <laughs> I'll get paid hourly. And, uh, you know, but it's I, it's never been, uh, that's one thing, it's never been about the money working in InfoWars. It's always been about, you know, waking more people up. It's, it's always, you know, people are always telling, why don't you do more, Alex? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? His job is to, like, break people out of their trance because you know people are just staring at their phone and they're just absorbing things but not really understanding what they're absorbing and how it fits in around them and so he's able to show them that and then that opens up other doorways like this story about IBM going oh our stuff's being shown next to Nazi content on Twitter we're pulling our ads okay but they are you guys list yeah they literally yeah. founded the systems and technologies to allow the Nazis to like, you know, record and round up and organize Jew, you know, uh, the Holocaust. Yeah. <laughs> but they're sitting here going, Oh, we don't want to be associated with Nazis, but yes, they are the Nazis. Yeah. Thomas Watson, the guy who invented, uh, started IBM, the founder was a big Hitler fan. He loved Hitler. So it's, you know, uh, it's I, I don't want to, I don't want to equate like, it's almost like, uh, what happened to you guys with, getting canceled from all the social media platforms and YouTube. It's like that sucked, but it sucked being on there because they had, there was yeah. only one. They didn't care about making a profit. They just wanted to have the only video service out there. So they controlled everything. Right. And you guys got so big, they kicked you off. And if you look at it now, there's rumble, there's, there's various different rumbles really taken off. And Rumble didn't exist back then, and it exists because they did that. You know, it's yeah, like, sure. yeah. That, yeah. So it's like they, we needed an alternative YouTube. Everyone was like, you can't do it. It's impossible. You can't do it. They made it happen. The globalist canceling created the mother of all invention, necessity, and now we have Rumble. And that the fact that Infowars has stuck around, Bandot Video has stuck around and still has that reach everywhere where like you just said, you go Google it like the third or fourth guy down is somebody else redoing yeah, everything. Pulling our stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nah, that's great. You know, and, that, and uh, like, and you have, um, what are the other Brideons and other video platforms? Gabs yeah. and other pretty video platforms. Mines. A lot of people, you know, minds has, yeah. So there's, and that well, the video the video game is a good example of this too because like the Bandot video thing happened almost out of desperation, like we were just fighting back, and now yeah. the video game just comes out of nowhere, and uh, and it's 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 a it's an amazing video game. It really is. <laughs> I think it I think it shocked a lot of people, and you know, there's people bitching, why isn't it two player? Why isn't this and that? You know, if you go back and play Grand Theft Auto One, yeah, it's kind of a lame game. It didn't get good till Grand Theft Auto Three. Then it was yeah. like, oh, okay, this is a good game. Well, yeah, yeah, two players, part two. Yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, there's all there's all kind of things you can add in the next ones, yeah. but you know, people have to go out there and and download it and play it and spread the word. That's that's how it it keeps going. You're watching the Blah Blah Show. We will return right after this.
Just north of Austin and west of Waco, Texas, my friends and soon-to-be-your friends, Clinton and Christina Rary, offer a wide range of fresh and organic products that go straight from their farm to your table. All of their products are raised and produced using regenerative farming practices. Their animals are treated with the utmost care and respect, ensuring that they live happy and healthy lives. Fafo Farms believes that farming should be done in a way that is both environmentally and socially responsible. Fafo Farms is committed to providing their customers with the highest quality organic and ethically raised products. They are open Monday through Saturday, 9 to 5. If you live in Central Texas, schedule a pickup by calling 512-221-3245. Head on over to the farm at fafofarmstx.com, or you can find them on the X at fafofarmstx. I had the pleasure, me and Matt Baker, Mike Graves, um, Shelby, Scott Armstrong, Rob Dew, we had the pleasure of doing the American Liberty Awards with you, Mr. Rob Dew, as the first host. And I've been dying to ask you this. I haven't even talked to you since the awards, dude. Like three months later, how was that? What did, what, like, how was that experience for you? I would say the only downside of that night was the extreme heat. And, uh, but other than that, it was great hanging with people. Uh, the only thing I wish we could have gone to like have most of the people go to one location and hang out afterwards. I I think I ended up with Owen and Owen was like, Oh, I gotta, he wanted to go to some chill place. So it was like, there's five of us. And I'm like, Oh, okay. I thought it was uh, a great show. Uh, there's everybody had, you know, it was a very, uh, do it yourself type operation, but it worked in the end. And, you know, you could go, uh, I think we went on rumble and we grabbed the fee, which, which here, here's a weird thing, you know, uh, with technology, I guess the the signal they sent out was uh, a stereo signal and it should have been mono. So there are sometimes where the audio was literally uh, canceling. It was phasing itself out, but we were able to fix that. We were like, oh, we downloaded this, killed one track, doubled the other one, like, boom, yeah. now it's fixed and put that back out there. But, you know, it's like stuff. There's always something. Always expect, you know, nothing's going to go right the way you want it to. And you just have to roll with the punches and, and make it work. Yeah, you know, media, and a lot of it is Murphy's Law in yeah. action. Yeah. I, like, I just, like I, you, I you bringing forget. me to the freezer, bringing me dude, to the that's freezer what I was just so I wouldn't say, die. Bro. I was like, dude, I, I, if I was not sitting in that freezer for like five minutes at a time, just chilling out, um, I don't know if I could have done it the whole night. I was, I was covered in sweat. People were passing out, you know, it was like, it yeah, was two people passed out. That was unfortunate. Yeah. That, like when you, you came off after your first mentioning, like it'll go out, you, you just have to go with the flow. We were like we had a we had a script written out. Oh right. And the second yeah. two minutes into the script, you were supposed to introduce a video and then come back and do your monologue after the video. You go into yeah. a fifteen minute <laughs> I'm like, all right, let's just do it. And then you come off, you're like, get me a fan. And I'm like, Oh man, what am yeah. I gonna do? And the <laughs> security guard there was awesome. He's like, dude, no fan. Freezer. Yeah. So me and Rob, you were in a stand-up. There's beer cases of beer all around us. Anytime yeah. there was a break, there's Rob. Where's Rob? He's in the freezer. <laughs> freezer. Freezing. You know what it was, though? It was that Star Spangled Banner with everybody singing it and the Jan Sixers singing it. I'm like, man, you can't take this energy and go, okay, everybody, be quiet. We're going to play a video for five minutes. Everybody yeah. chill out. I was like, no, nah, we're going. We're doing it. We're doing it. Yes. And I'm just I just grabbed it, and, and I think it was the right call. Yeah, still because we still played the video, but it was yeah. just it was we got the thing moving because you had, you know, an audience, a live audience is different than you know a studio, or, you know, an audience who's out there watching things through their computer. Like you have to, 
you know, there, you have to have stuff to keep them their attention at all times. Yeah. And, yeah. and, uh, and I was just like, no, not after this, everybody's on their feet. They're jumping around. We're going, we're doing the show. We're doing it. Sweet. Yeah. And, uh, it just, it's kind of how, kind of how it happened. It was, it was, uh, it was a great experience. I'm glad I did it. Um, I was tired as hell afterwards, uh, but it was fun. And, uh, I look forward to Owen Schroer, uh, hosting it next year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm uh, I've got, I can't wait till it gets out because I've got, I'm gonna be like, dude, I'm about to snow you under with ideas and plans yeah. for the next one. So that's a, actually a good segue because I want to talk to you about. There's, we've talked about Infowars and how there's been all these shifts basically, and what Infowars has not mirrored the shifts in the culture, but has actually led the shifts been a like uh and that's why that you know that's why they hate you guys so much now we're yeah. at a point with these january 6 tapes getting released where right. when jake chansley the the q shaman got released from jail was because tucker carlson came out to the special and said look at this there was mass public opinion change like that's rid ridiculous let this guy out do you think we can or, or or do you think it's inevitable now that with all these out already people are like, look at how many all these all of the disparities and anomalies and, and, you know, this was the calmest thing. This wasn't a riot like it's their whole narrative. It like, wasn't until people started getting sprayed with pepper spray. You know, that's that's when it, it got crazy in the in the back part of the Capitol. And, uh, like, I remember at once, right where, where Alex was talking on the chairs and then he gets down and they, and they go around. I, I, I stayed to film the standoff with the protesters going up the stairs and the police were right there. Well, at one point, a group of like, I don't know, 10 cops in full, like riot gear, full body armor, everything. They come walking in and they had sticks and they just, they come in and stand there where the people are. And then all of a sudden they just start pushing them, pushing people around. And one guy's about to whack somebody with a stick. Another dude grabs it out of his hands and he goes, man, you can't just be hitting people. And he hands it back to him. But the guy was like, you know, and, and at that point they were there for about three minutes, caused a little ruck and they just marched out. I'm like, that is so weird. Like, why would you send those guys in there to this crowd where they were brutally outnumbered, but the crowd didn't turn on them. The crowd didn't do anything to them. And, um, you know, I saw another instance where a, a, a cop got pulled into the crowd from the doorway up top and that back door. And at one point, you know, he's fighting people and they're fighting him. And then some dude goes, no, no, no. And, and, and I have all this. It's all on tape. Like the Justice Department seen all this tape and they stop, pat the guy on the head and they, they help lead him out. Of the, of the crowd, you know, nobody was there trying to, to beat up cops and force, uh, a, a, a change of government. All they wanted to do was have accountability. Oh, they pull these votes out from under the table all the time after they tell people to go home. That's normal business. No, that's not normal business. No, that's not normal business. No. You know, it's not normal business to send out millions and millions of mail-in ballots and then go around and, you know, siphon them up and collect them. You know, there's no accountability in the voter rolls. Uh, just the thing people look at voter rolls. The, you know, one house has supposedly 120 people living in this house, three-bedroom house, but there's 120 people registered to that address. No, it's bunk. And if if they don't clean this stuff up and start having real elections, well, one, you would actually see elections meaning something as to, you know, as opposed to what they are now, which is, you know, you have to have an overwhelming, you have to be able to beat their cheating. And, and you know, Republicans cheat too. Like there's a bunch of scummy rhinos. I'm, I'm sick of all of them, honestly. I, I, especially with this, this whole Jan 6 thing. And I don't think anything's going to happen to those people. They get to go up and lie to the American people and create a falsehood, weave a narrative. And nothing's going to happen to them. Yeah. No, I think it's up to the American people now that every day it gets less them and more us. And it's whether sure. people want to step up to the plate and actually like. I'm, I'm a little concerned. 
I'm I'm not as concerned about you know. Infowars will always be there in one form or another, uh, but you may see a point where um, if, if these court cases go wrong, like some bad actor could get control of the domain of Infowars. You know, mm. they would probably just kill it, but I don't think they would do anything. Like like with the Drudge Report, they were able to just keep it going, but just slant everything. You know, to like a CNN angle. It's like CNN controlled the Drudge Report. Yeah, our controls yeah. it now. Um, but you know, Alex Jones as a person, I don't think he's ever going to stop talking. He's never going to shut up, and they can't stand that. That's what I think makes him that terrifies him the most is that he doesn't stop. He picks up the ball and carries it five yards every day. Some days he gets a touchdown. He runs for ninety yards one day, but every day he's going at least five in the dirt, in the mud, pushing it uphill. And he's not stopping. And that's what they can't understand. They keep putting more people against him. And every time somebody comes against him, something happens where they they fall apart. Um, the guy who is the pimple face kid, he did a documentary for HBO. You know, he went and tried to do a little hit piece interview with Alex. John Sullivan? No, no, no. It's this this uh, all gas, no brakes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Whole yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. I, for, I forget the guy's name, but he interviewed Alex and got him all riled up and then took some recordings of him when he wasn't in front of the camera, but he was still hooked up to his mic. And, and he used those in his production. And that's a very, very dishonest thing to do to somebody, especially in that climate. Well, a few weeks later, he gets added by a bunch of, you know, big girls. <laughs> I guess he's a chubby chaser. And, uh, you know, he gets outed as as being like a weird, perverted little kind of sexual deviant, and you know that and his career's kind of just imploded. You know, and that's that's what happens when people go up and try to take down Alex Jones. They end up expending all the energy they have, and then they are, are cast aside when they're no longer useful. Thanks for watching the Blah Blah Show. You can find us at blahblahshow.com, and we will see you next week right here on the Blah Blah Show. <laughs>